0: the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, David Waddell. He is the author of the book, A Sale Call from Paul. And what's really interesting is that when I first heard about the book, I was thinking, cell phone with Paul, the apostle. Wow, this must be a really interesting time travel story. But it wasn't. It's actually a very wonderful devotional book about a sale. But what do we mean about a cell? We're talking about mobile phones. Are we talking about being held back? Are we talking about being imprisoned? Are we talking about being in a situation where you can't move forward or backwards? Does that mean that we're completely without activity? What does this all mean? There's so much to the story that we're going to find out in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank our... Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. If you want to find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. So I'm going to go ahead and put my guest co-host on the mic today. Dave, how are you doing?
1: I'm quite well, Parker. It's always a joy to catch up with you.
0: We always have such a good time when we get together, especially before the show and after the show. I have gnawed your ear off more than once for over an hour, and you're like, wow, I thought this was a half-hour interview, not a two-hour interrogation, <laughs> but we just, we just enjoy each other's company, and we've learned so much from each other, and I'm so glad to have you back. When I found out that you had released your book, I was torn. I didn't know you had released it. And I said, well, we just can't let this bottomless pit go on anymore. So I hurried up and had my assistant contact you and get you on the show. So I'm so glad that you were able to come on board with me today. So just reintroduce yourself because it's been about a year since you've been on the show before. So go ahead, just reintroduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Well, thank you, and uh, listeners, it's good to be with you today. My name is David Waddell. Uh, I am a four-time author. Parker has uh, we've discussed all of the books today is the fourth one. Uh, my day job is teaching sport and recreation administration at the University of Mississippi uh, following a 25year career as a recreation minister in local churches and so I've say I've seen a lot that goes on in the church I've seen a lot that goes on in Christian life and I think uh, Parker what has inspired me most is just seeing how much of the Bible, is related to me personally and related to others personally that we're we're not really any smarter than we were when adam and eve took a bite of that fruit and uh i love that
0: didn't fall far from the tree
1: i I would love to castigate blame on them but if i were in the garden i probably would have been to the tree sooner than they were
0: like this one here don't eat this one you just hold it up don't eat this one what kind of fruit is it we'll never know But <laughs> don't eat this one this one right here don't go to this tree. this one here oh I fell on it we, you know it's funny that you say that because there is sometimes a comfort in knowing that the same thing that happened has always been happening <laughs> yes it's just happening to new people and it reminds me of Ecclesiastes where the preacher is talking about it. he was like vanity and vanity, all about what happened before will happen again. (laughs) It's just happening to new people. And sometimes it makes you feel good and sometimes you just slam your head into a wall saying, Why do we keep doing the same things? And you may it actually makes you so appreciative that God's love is so deep that he said, I love all my children Or sometimes he may look from he may look down from above and say, Oh, they're doing that again. Okay, it's about that time again. Look at his watch. Yeah. Around 4,000 years, every so often, this happens again. <laughs> so, like,
1: yes, I'm, I'm thankful that he's slow to anger.
0: Amen. And that's actually one of the things that you talk about in Cell Calls party You talk about that and some other things as well. What I found really interesting is that this book is broad. It has broad connotations with it, and it stretches out over Not just what Paul is doing, but what we are doing, we're in a place of no movement. And that's the way I kind of want to describe it as no movement. It doesn't mean that you're in prison, but you're in a place where you're not able to move. And so we all can basically relate to that because 2020, as everyone talks about, was a horrible year. We were locked down. And I don't recall, Dave, if you remember the meme I shared on my Facebook I got from someone else saying, I guess God was so angry at us that he sent us all to our room. <laughs> 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 so we're all stuck at home. And it would just really change the course of human interaction, being on lockdown for a year. But so for you, it did something different.
1: Yes. Um, so many people talked about uh, the opportunities that we would have. You know, uh, Parker, there's been 101 things I've said I would do if I had more time. And then all of a sudden God said... Here's more time. And uh, now I was able to write a book. The uh, junk closet in my house still needs to be cleaned. I didn't quite get to that one. but I was,
0: What are you going to do? You know, junk closet, write a book, clean up my house or create, clean, create, clean, create. <laughs> you know, a well, you know,
1: hundred years from now, no one will know my closet was clean. A hundred years from now, hopefully this book is still influencing and touching lives.
0: Amen. Amen. That's what we want. And it's interesting that you say that because thousands of years later, there's a book still influencing people's lives today. And this is kind of behind the background of your story, A cell Call from Paul. So let's go ahead and start delving into it. What gave you the inspiration for this particular book?
1: Now, this one is weird, uh, but you know me, so you'll know it's weird. I was sitting in church and they were doing a sermon series out of the book of Ephesians. And the, the preacher mentioned that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians while he was in prison. And it banged in my head. Oh, he he made a cell call playing off the words. I love wordplay. I love puns. And so when he wrote to the people at Ephesus and Colossae and and uh uh to philemon and uh, the church in uh, the philip uh, uh, philippians sorry i almost said that wrong um he was in prison so it was a cell call as i started digging into it though parker i started again taking the bible personally and just seeing golly the things that paul was saying to those folks are things that we need to hear about oneness in christ unity in christ um Freedom in in all sorts of aspects of accountability, in in finance, in friendship. And all of a sudden, I'm looking through sections of uh, Paul's four letters, and uh, God has just given me all kinds of things. I mean, one of them was funny. Um, I'm driving to a store, and I passed not one dead skunk, but two dead skunks.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And and Parker, my mind goes into memories of growing up and being a, a boy. You know, we never really mature. I mean, we used to play games around making bad smells and and all kind. You know, if you had a, a jar in the refrigerator that had gotten old, you you'd give it to your brother or or so and say, "Here, smell this." And just there was a joy in it. But in the same way, there are great smells. You know, grandma's homemade bread and and. Uh, Uh, a smoked barbecue brisket, you know, those kind of things. And Paul actually said when we are obedient to Christ, when we follow his word, it makes a sweet aroma for God. So in a sense, when we do the right thing, God's smelling something better than grandma's homemade bread.
0: Wow. And he says our prayers are a sweet scent aroma that goes up to the heavens when we pray. And so we have Paul, he's in a cell, but one thing I like that you brought out is that even though he's in a cell, he is not still, he is still active. And this goes a lot toward how we viewed the pandemic, particularly when we were in lockdown. And a lot of people realize that, hey, I got to know my kids in a different way because we were all stuck at home. Another person said I was able to write my book. Another person said I actually quit my job. It was stressing me out and i quit my job a lot of opportunities came from lockdown but at the time you're just focused on the fact i can't go outside and play there is a virus out there that can harm my family no matter what you think about it and there's a invisible menace out there and so we focus on the negative but you were able to say paul could have focused on the negative i'm in jail for something he didn't he said. I'm going to speak truth no matter where I am.
1: Exactly. And and the prisons is not just the lockdown. There's financial prisons. There's relationship prisons. And what Paul discovered was the freedom in life had nothing to do with his circumstances. It had to do with his attitude. And so lock him up, his spirit still soared freely. And the same thing happens. If I'm so deep in debt, I can't see my way out. There's still a freedom in my life in Christ. You can concentrate uh, the, what's the old poem, the uh, two prisoners in a cell, one saw bars, the other saw stars. You know? Yeah,
0: I've heard that before. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The way that we look at life. And that's what Paul was doing. Paul was digging deep into the faith. And, And in a lot of ways, He's like a friend of mine that I mentioned in the book that accused me of writing it because I was locked down uh, only. But he he had made the comment uh, about prisons like that, that you can find yourself locked up in a variety of things. This is a guy that has MS and, and has the best spirit. When he goes to the hospital, the nurses are ministered to. I mean, they're caring for him, but they're walking out of his room laughing. He is... Even though he's in an MS prison, so to speak, he still soars freely. He doesn't let that lockdown control his life or dictate his life.
0: That's an interesting thing to say. I was reminded of Joni Erickson Tata, who Mm -hmm. talks about being a paraplegic and how her life as a paraplegic, you may look on the surface and see lockdown, but on the but what's happening through her life is her testimony, reaching so many different people. And it's a good thing that you mentioned that, cause I think that goes straight into our discussion about a cell call from Paul. Now, what I like that you did in this book, you kind of put the framework of what was happening while this is going on. Most people know about the pandemic, but what was happening personally for you?
1: For me, uh, it, it was tough. Uh, Parker, I had one friend that is somewhat introverted that kept reaching out to me and his message was, I know you're an extrovert, I just wanna make sure you're okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I'm telling you, it, it was, the and, and it sounds so menial based on what other people were dealing with, so please understand, I, I do know that it is menial, but there were times I thought, I'll risk death, just put me in front of 12 people and let me make them laugh. It, it you know, there was just uh, so much difference in life. You know, you. You couldn't go to a restaurant. You couldn't go to class. I had to teach online, and I'm staring into a computer, and there's no feedback. There's no action. There's no persona in there, and so it it was frustrating for me. Now, again, I, I, I won't compare that to what some people dealt with in the pandemic.
0: Pause in here, and you use your experiences, and you go into Ephesians, so you go into Philippians, and so on and so forth. What's the message do we want to take from these actions that Paul
1: did? I think the actions that I would suggest is is the overall theme is don't don't let your circumstances dictate where you are uh, in your life with Christ. Jesus didn't promise us a rose garden; he just promised that he would be with us. And Paul experienced that while he was in prison. And we have to remember, as you said, he was in prison for something he didn't do. He was he was unjustly accused but he used it as a way because his ultimate vision that God had given him was to go to Rome and share the gospel. And so when I'm stuck in my particular prisons, good, bad, or ugly, it's the way that I, I, God has allowed me to be there for a reason to help those that I come in contact with.
0: And I think that's important as you dig into this story. And so you, you framed the story as to what was happening for you during the pandemic. And so now we, we can't help but see the first century example. We can't help but see the parallel. We can't help but see that, hey, here's Paul in prison. Here we are in prison, and he's active. So in the book of Ephesians, you, what I like what you did about this book, you broke it down to several sections. And each chapter, you kind uh, of do a chapter up to a certain verse, and you kind of talk about it. So just for the first one, we'll talk about chapter 1, and you go from verses 3 to 14. And you titled this particular section, First Draft, Pick Chosen. And uh, you also mentioned that that wasn't necessarily (laughs) the first person you picked was you, you know. And I love your humor because you always use humor and lets me know that God does have a sense of humor when I look at you because you always say, you know, I think I cracked the Lord up at everything. So let's go ahead and talk about that particular section and what readers can expect when they read this book.
1: All right. What what I sensed out of those verses, this is where Paul is talking about how valuable each and every Christian in Ephesus was to him. And, and Parker, the line I drew on that uh, somewhat was that I was the last one chosen. I played right field. The only time I was the first one chosen in anything was when they needed someone nutty and goofy to make a presentation. And uh, I was, uh, I was the most uh, popular kid in class then, but so many times, Uh, And this is what Paul's telling the folks in Ephesus. So many times we think of the Rocky Mountains or the Atlantic Ocean, and we think, what a mighty God to make such a beautiful thing. And then we look in the mirror and we go, "Ew." And the same God made both. And so we're we're God's number one pick. Uh, You know, the NFL draft is coming up this week, and everyone's all excited about who's going to be the number one pick and everything. And there's such a prestige on it and out of all the people in the world, God chose you to be the Parker J. Cole that needs to influence the world, and so you're the, you're his number one pick, and I, I think what Paul was trying to do is to say, you know, we, we always try to line up the gifts. Those people that sing and preach, they're more gifted than than I am. I just take up an offering, or I greet at the front door, and Paul was saying, no, we we all play a role in this, and you know, even in right field, I contributed to the team. And so we all play a part. And so you don't want to get in the place of thinking in the church that I'm not as important as another person. We all are important. We're all the first draft pick.
0: I love that example, because there's only one you and there's nobody like you. He made you the way he wanted you made. And that was in his plan. There's a lot. There's a lot to it that could really free someone listening. There, you may not have picked me for the team, but God picked me to be me. And there's the only me out there is me. And I love that. I love that when people try to force conformity onto you, and God says, I don't want you to conform. I want you to be who I made you to be. And the more you d- depend on me, I'm going to make you even greater. You know. So yeah, I, I love that. So the next thing we went into uh, with this particular one, I'm just going to drop down to a couple of uh, stories. What I like about your book, too, you don't have to read them in order. And I like that you title them a certain way so someone could say, oh, I wonder what this is about, you know. So let's come drop down to shedding old skin. Now, this one probably hit me a little bit harder than some other things. But go ahead and talk about what shedding old skin is about coming from chapter 4 of Ephesians 17 through 32. All
1: right. I'm scrolling down because I'm at that age, Parker, where I need the reminder.
0: What was that? <laughs> no. I love
1: it. So uh, we we know that life is a cycle. Um, and, and I made the reference to some things I have found in my uh, blackberry garden with uh, dead skins from snakes and and um, all of those things. And, and I made the comparison how, Parker, I'm one of those people that They say, you know, don't throw it out until it's broken. My thing is, don't don't throw it out until you know there's no possible hope for it. I wore shoes that had holes in the toe. You could tell what color socks I was wearing, and uh, but they were comfortable shoes. I've done the same thing with automobiles. I don't get rid of things easy, and uh, the same thing happens with our old life. And what Paul was telling people is, you got to get rid. You know, the reason a snake can survive is because it gets rid of its old skin and goes into a new skin. Uh, Jesus made the reference of wine skins. You can't put old, a new wine in old skins. And Paul, I think, was saying you need to remember where you were and that you're not that person anymore. You've shed that life. You're a new person. And uh, Brendan Manning, the, the writer of Ragamuffin Gospel, uh, had a beautiful quote that I included in the book uh, because it was after he got saved that he fell into alcoholism. It was after I was a Christian that I fell into to most of my uh, deepest, darkest sins. And it, it's the point that we, we have a choice. We can shed that skin, but far too often we run back and try to crawl back in the same skin.
0: Now, let's take a look at pop culture real quick, because you also tie that into this book as well. And the first thing, when you mentioned Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, most of us in the West, we know about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It is embedded in our psyche, uh, whatever, however you want to term it, childhood is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And he had high standards for himself and for children. One of the things when I was reading up about him, he said children are very intelligent. And he said, they deserve excellent quality work. And so he was very strict for that quality. So we may look at a one at a half hour show. I think they just really did and He was very particular about that. And so it brings me to the book of Philippians now. And in here, you talk about Mr. Rogers, And you you say here, I was gonna read a quick blip of it. I can't watch It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood or Won't You Be My Neighbor without getting emotional whenever the movie refers to Mr. Rogers' gift of a silent minute. Fred Rogers explained it during his commencement address at the graduates to the graduates of Dartmouth College. I like to give you all an invisible gift, a gift of a silent minute to think about those who have helped you become who you are today. So let's just take a minute in honor of those that have cared about us all along the way one silent minute. Now how does this go into what's going on in Philippians chapter one verses three to eleven?
1: I'm I'm getting to that. I think the the reason that's there is because Paul in the start of Philippians was talking about the joy that his Philippian friends give him, the connection that he had with them. And so Long before Mr. Rogers, I think Paul may have had a silent moment where he thought about them. In other places in his uh, letters, he'll actually list them uh, one by one as to what they've done. I've done that in in this book as well. And the same way that people have no idea who Paul's friends were by their name, no one will know my friends' names, but the the point is still there. People have taken me sometimes when I'm at my worst and loved me the most. And those are the folks that, you know, I always go back. It's a fallback. My parents, my brothers, my kids, all those people have helped love me where I am. But there's just been some people that are very influential, Uh, a a, a handful of friends who encouraged me to write before I knew I could write, Uh, people who took me after uh, I left church work with a hidden sin in my life, and they loved me like I was a brother and continued to hang with me, check on me. And when I have that silent moment, sometimes it takes me four or five minutes, Parker, to be honest with you. And it's hard for me, you know me, it's hard for me to be silent that long. But uh, there's just a lot of people that have influenced our lives in in mighty ways. And I even turned this uh, because of a friend of mine that told me, and and I was having a hard time with this, but Annette Marler, who I worked with some in a retirement community in Memphis said, David you don't realize the impact and influence you have on other people. And she was right. I didn't. And, and I think sometimes not only a silent minute like Paul did for those that had influenced him, but even take a silent minute to see how God has used you to touch others. And my goodness, Parker, you're, you're going to get to heaven, and there's going to be tons of people that listen to your podcast. They're going to be waiting in line for you. Moses and Peter are just going to have to wait. You know, cause they're, they're going to push them. Those guys out a line and get to you because we, we have influence. you influence people sometimes when you don't even know it. And so while Paul's in prison, he's thinking of those people that, that he touched, that he influenced, and that have influenced him. It, it's, it's a team. God meant for us to be around people because of that. We are made for
0: community. And it's interesting that you mentioned about, that in particular, I recently read something, I think today, where it's a man called Sictosexual. And he married a cartoon character. It was in Japan. And it's just sad. It's absolutely sad. And then he says, I want to go on a quest so people can accept these types of relationships. But what was interesting, he said, Pete, I know that this character will never die will never hurt me, will never betray me. And I said, that's the deeper thing right there. You are afraid of people because people can hurt you. They can do all sorts of things to you, but people are worth it. They are worth getting to know. That's what what Paul's doing. Here he is in a cell writing these letters, and he is guarded. People can hear him. They can see him writing. I think one of the, I forgot one of his, um, the writers who was writing the letters for him will be sitting outside the cell taking, dictating his, his thoughts and stuff like that. And Paul didn't see them as not wanting to know about the gospel. See, and one thing Satan would love to do is isolate you. That's the one thing he would love to do is isolate you. And guess what? In a way, maybe he did. I know that things happen. The Lord knows exactly what's happening. And sometimes Satan uses that isolation for, for bad, you know, but then he turns around. Only God can turn something bad and turn it good. You See what I'm saying? And so that was the interesting thing that I found out when I listened to that, when I read that young man's uh, story about being married to a cartoon character. And I just felt
1: bad for him. I felt no, bad for him, babe. because uh, Yes, the cartoon character won't betray, won't die, but it also can't hold your hand. It can't give you a hug. It, it can't It can't listen to you and and offer advice. And, you know, that's the beauty of humanity is, and, and, you know, Parker, the people that we get the closest to have the greatest opportunity to hurt us. And you can't love deeply without risking deeply.
0: Amen. There it go right there. Because, Paul, if you think about it, Paul, when he talks about this in his letters, he's at a place where he's in prison. Okay, he's in prison. In prison back in the day, they didn't have a meal a day. If you ate, you ate. If you didn't, so what? There were no air conditioners. There were no what it is now. It was rough being in prison back in the first century. It was a deterrent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was simply a deterrent. No one wanted to go back to prison. <laughs> so, and here he is still sharing the gospel, still doing what he's doing. And so we hope that the few stories that we've highlighted has whetted your appetite for a cell call from Paul and I hope it encourages you if you're feeling as if you are in a cell whether it's a cell physically because you could be in jail right now somehow listening to this podcast whether it's a relationship cell and some people feel like that they will never be able to get out this marriage out this relationship out this business relationship out whatever some people in their bodies because of sickness and illness even mental ones and mental disorders and things of that nature and you know, the thing is, even if you're in that cell, you're not in prison, you're still free. You know, Mm -hmm. you're still free. Go ahead and, um, as we get ready to wrap it up, go ahead and expand on that part of it, Dave. So um,
1: the, the prisons that we live in, sometimes we get them because we actually did something wrong. Sometimes we're in prison because someone else did something wrong. But it's a prison nonetheless. And to experience what Paul was talking about with freedom is that your heart can never be imprisoned. Now to to come up with a funny quote, this just came to my mind. In the Truman Show, the Jim Carrey character looks in the mirror in the end and he says, you never had a camera in my head. It is our spirit that can be free no matter what the circumstances are. It's our attitude that can soar with the birds regardless if we're chained to the ground. And so I think Paul is trying to remind people in the prisons they're living in where they are, that sometimes they're not as free as he is in the cell.
0: Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful way to end today's show today, David. As always, I enjoy it. And I know we just gave our listeners a taste of this book. So I am encouraging you out there to go ahead and pick up your copy of a cell Call from Paul, which is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. And just for the full title, so our listeners will know, the full title is A Sale Call from Paul, Modern Messages from First Century Prison Letters. And I want you to go ahead and pick up that copy from David Waddell today, available wherever books are sold. Dave, as always, I enjoyed having you on the show. I think we had a good, just a good time talking about a lot of different things. And when me and you get together, we do tend to <laughs> kind of go off track because, because that's what we do. We go off track. But we brought it back in, and I'm so glad you were here with me. And thank you so much for just being a lovely guest. That just helps me out every single time I need that. So thank you for being with me on the
1: show you today. You uh Parker, you're a fabulous podcaster, but you're an even better friend. I'm so it's always blessed. a joy to catch up with you.
0: And we were talking today to Dave Waddell. He is the author of the book, A Cell Call from Paul, available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. I really enjoyed his discussion today because I couldn't help but see the parallels of being in a cell, whether of the body of the mind, external factors, and still knowing that just because you may be imprisoned in some way, your heart isn't in prison. And so we want you to take that with us today as we end our show. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. And God bless.